Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Good morning and welcome to our podcast, Everything You Wanted to Know About Compliance But Were Afraid to Ask. So Len, what interesting topic do you have for us today? Well, Dean, I've spent a lot of time in many podcasts discussing the Community Reinvestment Act. Today, I thought we would touch upon another hot emerging topic for regulation, climate risk. Well, that's certainly a hot topic. We hear about it every day on TV. So far, there's no laws or regulations that have been enacted regarding climate risk, are there? No, uh, the prudential bank regulators have not yet promulgated any regulations yet. But climate risk is clearly something they are planning on developing policies for in the not-too-distant future. In fact, in September of this year, the Fed announced that six of the nation's largest banks will participate in a pilot climate scenario analysis exercise designed to enhance the ability of the supervisors and firms to measure and manage climate-related financial risks. And also, the SEC has actually issued proposed investor and issuer rules to enhance and standardize climate-related disclosures for investors. So the SEC may beat the bank regulators to the punch. What's the major content in the SEC proposed rule? Well, the SEC's proposed rule would require a registrant to disclose information about four different climate-related matters. First, the, regist- the registrant's governance of climate-related risk and relevant risk management processes. Second, how, many, how any climate-related risk identified by the registrant have had or are likely to have a material impact on its business and consolidated financial statements, which may manifest over the short, medium, or long term. Three, how any identified climate-related ri- risks have affected or are likely to affect the registrant's strategy, its business model, and its outlook. And finally, number four, the impact of climate-related events like severe weather events and other natural conditions and transition activities on the line items of a registrant's consolidated financial statements, as well as on the financial estimates and assumptions used in the financial statements. My understanding is the commission hopes to realize finalize the rule by the end of this year. So we're approaching that right now as you and I are broadcasting today. We're only a few weeks away from the end of the year that we may see the SEC rule any day now. Yeah, it sounds like they're certainly uh, well on their way. Clearly, uh, publicly owned banks will have to be cognizant of the SEC's climate-related risk rules, uh, even if the Prudential Bank regulators have not issued any formal rules on this topic. Um, Have the Prudential Bank regulators issued any guidance regarding the assessment of climate-related analysis? Yes, uh, Dean. Uh, The OCC in December of 2021 issued a document, quote, Principles for Climate-Related Financial Risk Management for Large Banks, end quote, in which the agency announced what it calls general principles and discussed management of risk areas. 
Under the general principles, the agency explained governance, policies, and procedure limits, strategic planning, and risk management. Within risk management, the OCC delved into the identification, measurement, monitoring, and control of climate-related risk. In that document, the OCC also discussed the availability of relevant, accurate, and timely data. This is the big hurdle that I believe regulators have not yet figured out how to address the availability of this uh, data. It is surprising to me that the regulators themselves don't seem to be aware of some fantastic data that quantifies climate risk exposure and converts it to risk levels. Are you referring to the data that we've used that's uh, that's developed by FEBA? Absolutely, Dean. You hit the nail on the head. As you know, we've been working with an enormous amount of data developed by the Federal Emergency Management Administration, or FEMA, on 18 different natural climate hazards. The data cover natural phenomena such as hurricanes and tsunamis, as well as droughts and ice storms. Moreover, there is data that identifies community vulnerability and resiliency. The icing on the cake is that the data can be retrieved at the census tract level, which makes it compatible with existing CRA regulations and fair lending enforcement. Using that data, we've developed a model that can help a bank or any organization identify the real, present, physical, and credit risk presented by climate-related phenomena. As you know, my company, GeoDataVision, and your company, M&M Consulting, have already applied the data and our model to several banks here in New England, and the response from bankers was very, very positive. This is the only model that quantifies and risk rates climate-related exposure based on transparent data. For the first time, Dean, climate risk can be quantified and risk-rated, circumventing one of the biggest problems identified by the regulators, the lack of credible and quantitative databases that can be used to objectively measure climate-related risk. This is a big, big plus. Yeah, I agree. And of course, uh, obviously, I have seen uh, the data in action and used it. And of course, we have uh, uh, taken it to another whole level too, Len, which is uh, uh, once we have all of that uh, incredible uh, quantifying detail, uh, then we can apply it in a risk assessment under the standard principles. So maybe you can explain to the audience a little bit more about the model itself as you know, I talk a lot about the risk assessments, but the model itself, and I'll just say how beautiful it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, when you look at the color maps and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, charts that we do, it can be made beautiful, but it's definitely informative and really interesting and really relevant. So in this model that we've developed using the FEMA data, the very first thing that a bank's got to do is to geocode all the records that are going to be analyzed because this is all related to location, of course. This allows for the correlation of the bank's records with a geographic unit that is retained in the FEMA data. Once that's done, it's simply a matter of correlating the bank's records with the risks associated with each geographic unit. The exciting thing about this is that, and then the analysis of the resulting data and risk characteristics can be done on the most granular level down to each individual record, and the risk ratings can be compiled at the macro level so that a bank also can assess their overall risk exposure stratified for a loan portfolio, for example. A bank is able to determine what percentage of its loans are exposed to which climate hazard and the level of risk 
spread from no risk to very high risk across the entire portfolio. There is another exciting aspect of this breakthrough. We can create maps depicting the location of natural hazards and the level of risk associated in that particular geographic area. Maps are a great tool for recognizing the location of risk and where the most serious risks are present. Maps actually help people understand and perceive the geographic dispersion of climate-related risk exposure. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned maps because I have worked with you and collaborated on many projects from fair lending to CRA as well as climate risk. And I'll tell you, there's nothing, in my opinion, better than a visual uh, when you're talking to a board or senior management on you know, here is what the map shows and you can overlay them and, and, and get all kinds of different. But the visual of that, to me, is just phenomenal. Um, we've used the model for, for one of our client banks or a couple of them, I should say. Uh, their reaction was extremely positive uh, relative to the, uh, the data that you were able to produce. And, of course, the, uh, uh, the risk assessment that we put together. I understand you're collaborating with a, a software company to make the model, a model available for banks uh, and credit unions that may be interested in evaluating climate risk for their own institutions. Yes, that's really another exciting uh, development that's underway right now and should be available at the beginning of uh, next year, within the next uh, month or two, to banks that might be interested. We've been working with a long-established software vendor located here in the Northeast to develop software for banks. Uh, for climate-related risk assessments, uh, and we are planning on introducing the beta version at the beginning of 2023 with a formal introduction at Bankworld in January. So we're really excited about this. It's a breakthrough model, Dean, and uh, it's a way ahead of the curve, and it's a way for bankers to lead the regulators instead of vice versa. Yeah, and this is definitely leading uh, edge stuff, and and you know I I, I do. You know, I, I'll say I, I've always told people don't put the cart in front of the horse. But at the same time, you know, when you start looking at some of the guidance and I know you and I have talked about this often, you know, they refer to, you know, certain uh, asset size thresholds for people who need to pay attention to climate change. And, and I, I, I actually want to just push on that for a minute, because I think that any institution at any size should at a bare minimum at least consider uh, climate risk and the physical risk that could impact an institution. So I don't want people to be confused with the lack of regulatory guidance that's out there or the lack of regulatory enforcement. This is an issue. This is a very big issue. You are and we are on the cutting edge of uh, or on the leading edge, I should say, of some of some pretty uh, good stuff. And it, it ought to attract a lot of interest, not only from bankers, but from bank regulators as well. If anyone is listening to this podcast and wants to find out more um, and, 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 and how to you know, get additional information relative to the software data that we're talking about now or a risk assessment, by all means, uh, you can reach out to Len Suzio uh, by phone uh, or by email or myself, uh, for that matter, by phone or email. So uh, really, really great stuff, Len, and uh, I appreciate you uh, bringing this to the forefront today for our audience. Well, thank you, Dean. Um, I know you share my excitement and enthusiasm for this emerging area, and it's great to be at the forefront. The banks that we're working with can become leaders in the industry related to this emerging topic, but nonetheless, very important topic, uh, climate-related risk. Uh, and I'm 
very happy that we had a chance to discuss it today, Dean. Fantastic. Well, this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting saying thank you for listening to today's podcast. And this is Len Suzio with Geodata Vision saying, uh, send us your comments, your questions, and suggest suggested topics for future podcasts. We hope you find them informative and interesting. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.